Now let's get back to the That Chapter podcast. Uh, so thank you so much for listening and thank you for joining me and Keith uh, as we are once again going to tell you some kind of like horror story or whatever it is we talk about. Some spooky shit. It's so different doing the podcast than doing the YouTube channel because in YouTube, in YouTube it's kind of like... I have like a spiel and stuff that I do mm. and it's really it's really nice. I really enjoy doing it. The podcast is just kind of like freeing. Uh, yeah, freeing, I guess. I guess that's one way of saying it because it's like I have I don't have anything. <laughs> like I'm just I don't know what I'm, I'm raw dog and there's like <laughs> I, I, I was going to come in. I don't have, yeah, exactly. I don't even know what I'm going to say next. Sometimes I start a sentence and don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, exactly. I do not know where the sentence will lead me. It's an adventure for us both <laughs> like i have no notes of how to actually introduce podcasts i'm just like welcome back uh hope you're doing well wherever you are daytime nighttime sometime keith's here uh keith talk uh it's, it's, it's cold out today Wind it is really Ooh, in. Burr, you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> you gonna you set up for christmas you put a christmas tree yeah i'm sure i will i guess Ugh. It's a fucking pain in the ass christmas yeah i know christmas is fun but it's just such a pain in the ass it's more you know yeah, it's we, more shit to do than shit to enjoy. Yeah, we, we never did it before, but now we have, like, our kid. We yeah. want to be a bit special. So we have, like, we actually bought a tree. Mm-hmm. She has, like, the bottom left-hand corner of the tree. Really nicely decorated. Just, cool. Like, the whole bottom. <laughs> just that one it's bottom. Why, one, why she can reach. It's just, like, one spot. You yeah. just like, spread it out. It's just, like, a cluster of decorations. Yeah. This is her corner. If you try to touch it and move it, it's like, well, let's spread it out. No! <laughs> okay, okay. We'll leave it. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, today's episode, um, we are going to Canada. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, that's for for today's episode. We're going to tell the story of Adam Strong, Strong Adam, Strong and being a real piece of shit. And uh, so today, today's episode takes us to Oshawa. Mm. That's where it takes us. It does, yeah. <laughs> very, uh, very, yep. very, very close to my heart. I was, uh, as I think I've said before on the old pod that I uh, lived in Toronto for two years. Mm, so, you uh, never mention it. Never you really keep it. that to yourself, Keith, that you lived in <laughs> in Canada for a couple of years. Never bring it up. I actually, I, it's one of those things I bring up to you. But, well, I, I like, I like to make a bit like when we're out chatting away. I like to give t- context what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I when I'm with you, I say a lot. Oh, when I was in Canada, when I was in Canada, but I was in Canada. You were in Canada, <laughs> right? And good, good to clarify. Were you in Oshawa? Uh, I was there like once for like a work thing. Okay. So briefly for a day, but no, I literally spent my whole time in Toronto. Oh, okay, very. Oh, so you weren't actually you were only in Oshawa once, which is the setting for this story, mm. and you don't have much experience with it. No. So your experience is pretty much irrelevant then to what we're talking about. Okay, you don't need to mention you're in Canada ever again. Oshawa lies about 50 kilometers (laughs) to the northeast of Toronto. By the way, you bring up lots of Canada stuff. I'm just joking. (laughs) Tell a story about the police. Uh, That's a funny story. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, like, I guess, like, when I was in, when I was in Canada, uh, to be fair, like, the people in, 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 like, it really, the whole stereotype of Canadians being nice, like, Mm -hmm. it is true. We didn't have any problem. Actually, the biggest problem we had in Canada was with other Irish people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. They were like fucking the Irish. Fucking shit stirs over there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Canadians, super, super nice people. Uh, I remember there was one time I was in, uh, I think it was like a Walmart or something like that. I was going through the car park and there was this guy walking up and he was shouting at this other guy across the car park. He's like, hey! Hey! I was like, oh shit, better kick off. Yeah, oh and yeah, like, fight, fight, fight. Yeah, I was like, fucking hell, get ready for this, settling in for it. Hey, hey, screaming at him across the car park. Eventually, the guy turned around and was like, hey man, seeing you in the day. I forgot to say happy birthday. Happy birthday, John. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, shit. <laughs> so uh, I thought he was going to, like, somebody's going to get their ass kicked or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, just like, a really nice guy shouting happy birthday across the parking lot. Nice. But uh, we did have one weird experience with Canadians over there. Uh, really? It was our first year we were living there, and across the street we heard screaming mm-hmm. we were on like the third floor and we were looking out uh, we heard screaming we looked out the window and 
the house across the street from us, the door swung open mm-hmm. and this woman ran out screaming. And then behind wow. her, uh, a man ran out. He was covered in blood. Wow. And he legged, yeah, he had a knife in his hand and he ran off down like a dark alley. And we're like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. So we went outside and we're like, get in the house, get in the house, trying to get the woman, not the man. <laughs> <Trying to> get, <laughs> <laughs> Just save him. Yeah. Yeah. Come in here, are you okay? So we're trying to get the woman in the house. We brought her in. We brought her upstairs, gave her like a cup of tea, tried to calm her nerves and she started explaining to us she was like yeah no he, he's my boyfriend he came over he started stabbing himself because he wanted my methadone and we're like oh fuck okay like, yeah. this turned very quickly from like get in the house get out of the house you might have actually been better off letting him in <laughs> pretty much yeah, yeah so eventually we were like oh, okay yeah, yeah, well, let's go outside for police you know, yeah. get out of my house um, <laughs> yeah. so we went outside but the police came and it turns out your man he had a warrant out for his arrest but mm. it was crazy that night there was like I think there was uh, three or four police cars showed up with like dogs coming out of the back and stuff and like the proper sniffer dogs going out searching the alleyways but it must have been about maybe 18, 20 police officers there with dogs and stuff. Wow, for one? For one guy. Like, he, like God knows what he done. But, wow. Uh, yeah. We we were loving, we had a great time. We were drinking, we were looking out. We were, <laughs> drinking, sipping cans, looking at the window. Yeah, Tonight's we, entertainment. Well, we started out in the window and then we were like, as we got drunker, went outside and started chatting to the police. Like, what's up? I didn't think it was that. But we were like trying to, hey, wait, what's happening? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I love when you're that drunk and you think everybody's like that talkative and yeah, also yeah. that drunk. So yeah, I was like, stupid Irish people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, today's story uh, has more to do with cops, but I guess they probably were a little bit more riled up than mm. the cops you met. And it takes us to Oshawa, as we said, a city of about 170,000 people and growing fast. It is a city known for its automobile history, its colleges, and these days it seems to be the place to be. So long as you don't run into Adam Strong, like two people in this story did. Oshawa is in the Durham region, which sits along that big old lake, with Oshawa Harbour being a place to fish. But on the 11th of September 2017, you would not want this to be your catch of the day. At around 11.30pm that Monday, the 11th, an 11-year-old boy and his grandfather were fishing away along the pier having a grand old time. It was a busy time during the annual salmon run. As they were hooking for bass, salmon, and other fish, they spotted something bobbing in the water. And it was, um, well, it wasn't a fish. They called 911 after spotting a torso floating in the water. It's not exactly a sight you want to see. The torso was recovered, and it was a female's. A post-mortem was undertaken as they worked to identify the remains. They noted at the time the, quote, obvious signs of trauma, which is, uh... Well, it's a human torso with literally nothing else, so it's pretty obvious signs of trauma and you're not off to a great start here. The autopsy was inconclusive. They couldn't say what killed this woman, whoever she was. It was ruled a homicide though. Be quite an accident if it wasn't. It was eventually determined in November 2017 to be the body of Rory Hache. What a nice little uh, core memory for that 11 year old boy. Right, yeah, at the time they, they caught a torso in the lake. Fond memories with old... Old Gramps, yeah. Yeah, as, as far as identifying uh, who the remains belonged to, the coroners, they really, as I said, didn't have much to go on. And not only did they only have the torso, but none of the internal organs from Rory's torso and abdomen were recovered either. Uh, in the end, the police, they were only able to identify through DNA alone. And Rory, she was from Oshawa, and she'd been missing since the 29th of August 2017, which was two weeks before her torso was found floating in the lake. Rory was 18 years old and was pregnant at the time of her disappearance. 
She came from a biker family. Her grandfather was the founder of the Satan's Choice MC and box for Canada. Her uncle was a hell's angel. So not exactly the kind of family you really want to fuck with. Mm. Rory was loved and she was kind, but she did have her own struggles, namely with crystal meth and she had been homeless for a time. Yeah, like when, when she was young, at 13 years old, she was, a, she, was like, she was an army cadet and she was actually cadet of the year in her regiment as well. But like most teenagers, she developed a bit of a rebellious streak. Mm. A bit like me and you. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. brother. We freaking rocked out. Rocked that's out it. with our cocks out all uh, the that's time. That's rock stars, yeah. yeah. We were the, the coolest kids in school. Well, yeah, we test right? the manhood. We did all our cool shit that yeah. we used to do. We dressed as Batman and Robin. Yeah, don't 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 look that up. Just take our word for it. We were yeah. the coolest people in school. Yeah. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, during this rebellious streak in her first month of high school, someone gave her some crystal meth, which led to a few years of struggle and homelessness, as, as you mentioned. But when she was 18, Rory, she started seeming to turn, she started turning her life around and getting her life back on track. She, she returned back to school, she had a job, she even had her own apartment and mm-hmm. she had a boyfriend named Tony and the couple, they seemed to be in a good place just before she went missing. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, she, as you said, yeah, she had her troubles, but you know, she, she was doing better. As we both said, Rory was trying, you know, she was supporting herself and it was, she was reported missing by a guidance counselor in late August. But that was that, you know, her family, they went around town they put up the flyers, the posters, whatever, but they never found anything until two weeks passed. Mm. So, who could have done this to Rory? The day that she went missing, she was actually she was brought to the emergency room by her friend and her friend's mum. Uh, they said that she was having a bit of a mental episode, mm-hmm. so her friend's mum decided to take Rory to the hospital and just have her checked out. Uh, her friend and her friend's mum, they decided to leave then for, for some reason, but Rory, after that, she only stayed for about 15 minutes before she left on her own and... This was the last time she was seen uh, alive on camera. So, what happened to her would not be answered for about a month after she was positively identified, late December. But it wasn't, uh, you know, solved, the case wasn't cracked by stellar police investigative work. It was a plumber who cracked this one, though he probably wished he hadn't. Do you ever have the police call to your door when you're in Canada? Uh, I did. Yeah? Yeah, I had a police... They... It was... What were you doing? Tell me now. This is uh, being recorded, just so you know. We were having a party. Oh, fucking bastard. Um, <laughs> was actually... This wasn't... I've been in Canada twice. So the the last time I was there, I was there with my uh, my now wife. And then before that, I went while I was in college on like a J1, just for, I think it was like two or three months. Mm-hmm. But while I was there, we were, we were having a party and we were a bit loud and the cops called to the door and they knocked on the door. We answered, it's like, shh. You know, and we opened Excellent. the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, be cool, be cool. Yeah. So we opened the door, and the police like, it's like, "You guys having a party?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we'll try to keep it down." And they, they were like, "Oh, are you guys Irish?" We're like, "Yeah." It's like, "Can we come in? <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we can we party with you?" Yeah. So they came in. They were like, they were finishing up the shit. They didn't they didn't have a drink. Yeah. But they uh, but they came in. They sat down. They stayed for like 15, 20 minutes. Really, we, just shooting shit. Yeah, we got fo- we got photos with them. They had like uh, pretend like to arrest me, so I could send to my mum. You know, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, they were really cool. And then we, they were leaving. Like, just keep it down, guys. So, like, we will, we will. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. They're cool cops. Well, this call uh, will be a little bit different from that one. So on the 29th of December, 2017, a plumber named Sean Farndon was called by the tenants on the main floor of 19 McMillan Drive, Oshawa, which is an address pretty close to downtown. See, they'd called the plumber because the drains were backed up and he was here to fix their pipes. Sean probably thought was, hey, you know, Christmas time, it's that week between Christmas and New Year's, slow down on the Guinness and the turkey Mm. sandwiches, that's how you get a mess like this. (laughs) From experience, yeah. Yeah, that's (laughs) it. 
<laughs> all that turned into something I don't think anyone should have heard of. So, right, the pipes were blocked, and he got down, he started poking, prodding, snaking the drains, some block down here. Then he realized he couldn't solve it from the main floor. He had to go down to the basement apartment as the problem was lower down. He's gonna try it from that side. So he knocked on the door, an odd guy opened and let him in. In the basement apartment, the toilet had been removed, which was weird. And the smell was, um, not very good. So with the toilet gone, Sean went into the kitchen as the occupant of the basement apartment paced back and forth. He was watching everything Sean was doing, like staring over his shoulder. Are you almost done? Are you almost done? You're almost done. And then Sean, still there, oh man, he pulled from the drains what looked to be this long, stringy, pinkish red material. It was described as a flesh-like substance. Only thing is it wasn't just flesh-like. Sean, not knowing what to do, quietly texted his boss, who texted back, put away your equipment, just don't make it obvious. And then they called the police. Apparently the issue had actually started several days before and Strong, he was trying to DIY it. Mm -hmm. Apparently he was, you know, because he had flushed a condom down the toilet. That's what he said. Oh, that was okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he went. Uh, he went up to his upstairs neighbors, the people yeah. who would later call Sean, yeah, yeah. asking if they had a snake drain yeah. for the toilet, saying that he had flushed a condom down and had a blockage. Right. Yeah. And uh, he tried to fix it himself, but yeah. And he just got angry and tore the whole toilet. Yeah. Rah, focus. <laughs> <laughs> like the scene from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing there? Oh, I'm shaving. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he didn't want plumbers called like for obvious reasons. But yeah, that's why the toilet was gone. But by the 29th, um, it was so bad that the neighbours, they could smell it and their bathtub started mm -hmm. backing up. So the smell was just emanating throughout the whole right. house. And so that's when they called. They called Sean. So at around 8pm that evening, an officer arrived. And the plumbers who were waiting outside that cold evening, because they did not want to spend a second longer inside, they showed the cop what they found. They took out what they had discovered and placed it into a shopping bag and being like, here, look at that. It was a fleshy-like substance, maybe 13 to 14 inches long. So that's like over a foot long. So this officer, he called for backup. Four more officers soon arrived and they went down to the basement apartment. They knocked on the door. Hey, buddy, you know, what exactly have you been flushing down other than uh, the usual? The person who lived in that basement apartment said, quote, okay, you got me. The gig's up. It's a body. If you want to recover the rest of her, she's in my freezer. She's buried. Defleshed. That guy's name was Adam Jeffrey Strong. He just gave it up straight away. Yeah, he was like, all right, you got me. Inside Adam's apartment, which was, by the way, the definition of a shitbox. Shite everywhere, ashtrays overflowing, random electronics surround the place, food, you name it. Like, it's a nightmare. And in there, they did find the rest of Rory's body inside garbage bags inside a large freezer he kept in his bedroom. I can only guess he didn't want to end up defrosting the wrong thing or in your bedroom. I mean, come on. Mm. Yikes. I've seen the photos of the freezer. Yeah. It's like literally straight out of a horror movie. It's, yeah. you know, like stained yellow and mm. all that. It's, oh, it's grim. Yeah, it's, it's a nasty story. And not only that, Rory Hache's blood, it was found on the bedroom walls, the ceiling and his semen was found on her body. One of the detectives said that 
Rory had a distinct tattoo. Um, she had the word alive on her neck. And in the freezer, they found a human head with the very same tattoo on the neck. And that's when they knew that they'd, they'd found Rory. They also found Rory's running shoes and the plastic bag in the room, also covered with blood. Yeah, I don't think you can get any more gruesome uh, than that, to be honest. So Adam, he was arrested. He was charged with indecent interference with a dead body. But, uh, you know, up until that moment, he had not been on the police radar at all. And it's so weird, his whole thing. So Rory disappeared in August. Her torso alone showed up in the lake two weeks after she disappeared. Mm. And then months later, the rest of her was still in his apartment. And he was trying to flush it down the like down the toilet, down mm. pipes. Like, what was he doing with her body? I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long was she alive after she disappeared? Right. I don't yeah. think we know. And then why he got rid of her torso, but still kept on to her other organs for months. Yeah. Why didn't he just get rid of all of her into the lake? I know. Right? This is, a, it's such yeah. a disturbing, I think, this is like one of those things where it's like, you have all these questions about what he was doing. And it's like, yeah, you don't really want to yeah. know what the answer was, I think. So Adam Strong in 2017 was 45 years old. And not really a huge bunch is known about him, other than the fact that he studied the blade. There's some really nerdy-ass pictures of him, like, with knives and shit on his Facebook profiles. He literally yeah. looks like, you know, fedora-wearing yeah. guy with the samurai sword. Just think of the biggest edgelord yeah. you can imagine in your Yeah, head. exactly. He's got this, like, kind of, like, longish, greasy, swept-back hair. He's kind of overweight. And he worked at times as a security guard on movie sets. A lot of movies are made in Toronto, Keith. Mm -hmm. Well, because I, I, we always bring up that you live there, or should I say yep. you always bring No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but did you ever see any movies when you're in Toronto? Any movies being made? It's a stand-in for New York, I believe, right? It is. We've, see, we've seen a couple of spots. Like, yeah, I think it's cheaper to shoot in Toronto than it is New York for obvious yeah. reasons. But yeah, there'd be a couple of times where I'd be walking home and they'd, they have like the, what looks like the subway stations for mm. New York. Mm -hmm. And they also, they shot uh, Suicide Squad there. Ah, oh, the first one. While I was there, yeah. What a shit movie. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> no, it was a bad movie. Yeah. And uh, it was Pixels as well. Okay. Yeah, so we kind of, we've it. seen the bit of, no, I haven't seen it either. <laughs> but we've seen like, uh, I didn't see anyone famous. Oh, But I've okay. seen like the whole production crew. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it's kind of cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, like there was one, there, I remember there was one from Suicide Squad and I was, uh, I was meeting my, my wife now uh, after work and there was all this rubble outside. Oh, wow. And you were like, oh my God, it's movie rubble. Well, I didn't realize it was like, I thought it was real. I just thought it was a, like construction site. Oh, okay. And then this guy came out and he just picked up this huge, massive concrete block and just like picked it up and threw it onto the back of the truck. <laughs> like, whoa! <laughs> He's but strong. It's obviously styrofoam, but yeah, I, like, I didn't yeah. realize there was a movie being shot at the time. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, as I said, he worked as a security guard on movie sets. He'd been fired, however, a couple of times. And currently he was working as a gas station attendant. But he loved to be out on the water on his boat scuba diving. Which, well, that would explain how a torso ended up in the lake. And he was mad into a bit of the L BDSM. He was like all about it. He would post all the time on his on his Facebook and on these like BDSM websites about how he just loved 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 it, mad about it. The B to the D to the S to the M, all 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 the acronyms. And he he was a fierce man for leaving reviews on porns. Who leaves a review on a porn? I know, right? <laughs> this guy does like uh, lighting eight out of ten, directing seven out of ten. However, he didn't seem to be terribly lucky with the ladies. See, his ex-girlfriend cheated on him, and afterwards, she moved in with the new fella. And that's when those who knew Adam say he went off the rails. One other woman who had relations with Adam said he was controlling and abusive, often choking her out and forcing himself on her tiny frame. More women would say this about him, like, he was into BDSM and not so much in a consensual way. 
they might not be into it, he didn't care. He had been in trouble with his landlord previously. She once did a walkthrough of her place and it was bad. You can find the video of her walkthrough. This was before he was arrested. Uh, it's, it's online, it's on YouTube, and, and the video is kind of hard to describe because there's just so much shite. A hoarder's hovel, um, when I covered this on my YouTube channel, I, I included the video. Uh, but during the video, the landlord actually cries her property is in such a state. It's kind of, I wonder why he, why he wasn't kicked out. Right, yeah. Uh, off the place, it was in sh such a, a shit pile. Yeah, yeah. It really is kind of hard to find out too much about. Uh, Adam authorities never released much, and it seems like he was kind of under the radar for, for a lot of his life. Not a lot of people really knew him, so not a lot of people would come forward to, to kind of speak about him. Now, the search of Adam's home was actually delayed, as when they went in, they discovered a suspicious, potentially explosive package. Neighbors were asked to leave, and a robot went in and dealt with it safely. It turned out to be a pipe bomb, and so after that was disarmed, they entered this house of horrors. Adam had actually been living there for 14 years, and it certainly looked like there was 14 years of shite in that basement apartment. And that was when the police announced that the victim in the house was Rory Hache. The searches went on for a number of months. That's how long it took to go through all the shit that was there, with Adam being charged and not a whole lot being released. He made the odd court appearance, laughing his head off, but that was until July 2018, seven months after he was initially arrested. The DNA of a second woman was found in Adam's basement. So the, the DNA that they found was on a, a specialty knife mm. used for hunting. And it's only used for one thing by hunters, and that's cutting and skinning animals. Mm. The, the DNA match uh, of the second person wasn't through blood either, but it was from tissue material. Wow, so literally her flesh was still on the knife when the, when the police found it. That's a... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that tissue would determine to be that of Candace Fitzpatrick, who was last seen during the summer of 2008, 10 years before Adam Strong was arrested, which is a long time, and her flesh was still on the knife 10 years later. Mm. That's freaking. Candace was 19 years old when she disappeared. However, she wasn't reported missing until 2010, two years after she was last seen. See, Candace struggled, like Rory struggled, and she was homeless for a time. She dealt with drugs and, well, once again, Adam preyed on the vulnerable people of Oshawa. She was last seen leaving her home, going to a mall, and then never seen again. In the interrogations that they had, so in the first interrogation they had with Adam, right after the discovery of Rory's remains in his freezer, they didn't learn much from him other than how much of a prick he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he kind of just sat there asking, how much longer is it going to take? And refusing to answer any of the questions. However, now, 11 months after his initial arrest, armed with all the evidence they collected from Adam's apartment, including the DNA from the second victim, Strong, he was now once again brought in for a second round of questioning. Right. However, this time, he was facing two first-degree murder charges. He was a he was complete man-child, piece of shit, and investigators knew that they needed the interrogation to be admissible in court for the prosecution. Um, so they started off the interview asking if he'd been treated okay in prison and if he had any needs. Yeah, um, hey, we're just buddies, you know. Yeah, we're, we're friends we're here. We're friends, you can talk to me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're cool, we're cool. So Strong said that he hadn't eaten yet. Um, so they got him some food to which Strong took full advantage of. Uh, this is his order. Wendy's triple, no pickles. Iced tea, no ice. Two of their value spicy chicken wraps and a grilled chicken Caesar salad. 
and he ate the fucking lot. That's a lot of food. It That's a lot. Of food. A lot of, he's one fat fucker. Yep. And his his only complaint was that he didn't get any fries. And when the detective said, eh, "You didn't order any fries," he was like. No, I ordered a combo. So, yeah. yeah. With my voice. He's such a bitch. Uh, when you listen to his interrogations, he even just talks like really annoying. He's like a really annoying. He's very, he's like, you you know, when you read about this and probably, you know, when we're explaining the story and talking about it, you kind of probably have this image of like Adam of being just like quiet, like kind of guy. He's actually got this like really annoying kind of high pitched voice. He sounds really needy and like, like when even when he's doing order, he's like, oh, is that, is that too much? Is, is that cool or is that too much? It's like, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. really weird. And it's like, ah, uh, even if you weren't a despicable piece of shit monster, I would hate you just because I just, you just seem like a really annoying person. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a complete, complete piece of shit. Uh, Wendy's triple. Yeah, that's doable. No pickles. Ice tea, no ice. Um, two, um, their value, um, spicy chicken wraps and a grilled chicken Caesar salad. Okay. Is that, is that outrageous? No, that's doable. Is there any way I can get a cigarette? Anyway, smoke is this? Oh, and a ranch and a Caesar? Oh my God. Um, but even with the, the fries fiasco, uh, Strong, he now seemed happy to talk. And boy, did he talk. Strong, he was, he, was re- he was strangely calm throughout the whole interrogation. And his demeanor when talking about his victims, it was, it was really, it was chilling. He talked about them as if they were just objects and showed absolutely zero emotion or remorse. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Strong asked questions like, um, how much of her body did you guys get, get back? Obviously, the entire skeletal structure, right? Another question he asked was, how much of it were you able to pull out of the pipes? So he was like, he was genuinely asking questions. He was just, he was like interested. Mm -hmm. Like he knew he did. He wasn't saying he didn't do it. He just wanted to know. He was curious. Uh, He also bragged about it. And when talking about dismembering the body, he said, I don't remember. It wasn't important to me, man. (laughs) Jesus. He's such a shit. Yeah. There's no way of getting around that that I chopped her up. There's no way. Okay. And I understand that. We weren't wondering if you chopped her up. It's obvious that I did. Yeah, yeah and... Um, it was all done in one evening. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like, this was all one piece, and then this was all one piece. Up and I couldn't... Yeah, really? sorry, man, I don't remember. Really? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't important to me, man. But um, I think he was so calm because he thought that they were only talking about the dismemberment and disposal, which is why he was charged for the first time. Yeah. Which, like, he knew they hadn't dead to rights on. However, I think he still believed that he could get away with the actual murder of Rory and Candace. Yeah, exactly. Because as far as he knew, he was like, okay, you got me. I chopped up their bodies mm. and I got rid of their bodies. We have no proof I actually killed them. Exactly, yeah. That's yeah. what he was thinking. Yeah. And throughout his various court appearances, you know, pre-trial and all that, he showed no emotion. Apart from the first one where he was having a great time laughing his head off. Other times, however, he would refuse to leave his cell for a hearing. Now, the trial began proper in September 2020. He had pled not guilty. Even though he admitted to doing it when the police originally rocked up. And in interviews, he said he was like, yep, you know, uh, I did it. What, what, you got me. You know, what can I say? But the defense tried to rule them as inadmissible. I suppose you gotta try. During his trial, five women who were due to head up to the sand, and they were victims of sexual violence by Adam. And they would testify about a 
pulley contraption he would use in his basement apartment to bind and restrain them. I'm not sure which is worse, being bound and restrained or simply being in his apartment. That's horrifying. A yeah. pulley system? Yeah, That's, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, the meat pipes, I think, are, I'm not sure if the meat pipes are the most disturbing thing in this place. Now, it's not entirely sure how both Rory or Candace died. Rory had skull fractures, but the medical examiner couldn't tell if that had been done before or after death. And although during those interviews, Adam would say he tried to dispose of the bodies, when he was asked how they died, he would zip the lip. He would never, never say. The prosecution alleged they both had been killed either during sexual assaults or after they had been held by Adam in his basement for a time, which is like grim. Yeah, yeah. He then chopped them both up, buried Candace somewhere at the time, and dumped Rory's torso in the lake, and then tried to flush the rest of her down the toilet, months after he disposed of her torso. Both were vulnerable young women, essentially homeless, had no fixed address. Both were drug users and worked at times in the sex trade. Both frequented downtown Oshawa, and neither had a personal connection to Adam. Those, you know, similarities between the two victims will raise a question we will, well, we will raise later on, but mm. if it happened to those two, how many more did it happen to? Mm. Rory went missing on the 29th of August. Adam's cell phone data location pointed him at being in the Oshawa Harbour on the 4th of September, so about a week before Rory's torso was found. So therefore, she was in the water for about seven days. Between when she was missing and when she was dumped, God only knows what happened. The defense tried to say that Rory likely died of an overdose. She was a drug user and Adam stumbled across her and well, he, he simply just chopped her up. And Candace, we don't even know what happened to Candace. You know, she could have had a nosebleed in his apartment. That's why her uh, tissue was found on a knife in his basement. But who really knows? The trial came to an end and the verdicts were read out in March 2021. Adam Strong was found guilty of first-degree murder of Rory Hache. He was found not guilty of first-degree murder of Candace Fitzpatrick, but guilty of manslaughter. Fair play to the prosecution over the time when mm -hmm. they were able to get even the uh, manslaughter with Candace without even having a body. But uh, yeah, Strong, he was, he was convicted in March of 2021 on first-degree murder uh, in the death of Rory Hache, who was 18, and manslaughter in the death of Candace Fitzpatrick, 19. Uh, Strong, he, he remained quiet on the mystery of Candace's remains until July 2021 when he told prison authorities his secret. Police visited the Oshawa site with Strong on November 4th and uncovered human remains four days later. Recovery of the remains was completed on November 13th and they were sent to the Centre for Forensic Sciences for DNA testing. Fitzpatrick's family and loved ones were informed of the development after the testing confirmed the remains to be hers. It was also confirmed that there was no financial compensation or added privileges for him while he was in custody. They said there was some negotiation on his part, but none of which was entertained by the police. I don't think that's a negotiation. And I, I think he was just asking for shit and the police were like, no. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he tried. Like he was only in, so he was only in prison for four to five months. Mm. Uh, when he tried to play his only card to negotiate, yeah. I guess, like comfort and privilege in prison. Trying to get a Wendy's with no pickles. That was it. And he didn't get it. And yeah. I couldn't Good. be happier. Yeah. And I hope he rots. So yeah, that, that's that's the major thing, which I've already kind of mentioned. But, uh, you know, there's so many years between Candace disappearing and, and Rory disappearing, right? Almost a decade. So it's like, 
I mean, there's got to be others in mm. Oshawa, you know? Uh, like, it's a town that's on the up and up, but it's, it was kind of like it was a real Rust Belt town kind of previously, and uh, I think there's, you know, probably a lot of vulnerable young women out there who maybe, you know, it's like, you know, killers who are as grotesque and disturbing as him, it's like they don't really take breaks. Like, a 10-year break is, like, a long time. It is long time, yeah. how gruesome he was. So, um... The fact that he got away with Candace for so long, Rory was only found by accident, his own accident, uh, at the end of the day. It's like, I think there's probably a good chance there was um, more women out there. Probably you know? might have been, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I definitely agree. I feel like once everything started going south in his own personal life, like his friends and uh, or his family even said that's when he started to spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of like, I don't know, kind of clinging on to what am I good at? And maybe he said like, well, I killed a woman in 2008 and I never got caught. Let's try that again. Let's do it again. Let's yeah, yeah. Pull it off one time. I do feel he got away with a true, like, sheer dumb look. But he was also very good at picking on vulnerable women. Mm. He, he, he was he was a predator. Yeah. Um, what I feel really haunting, though, is that in his... So in his second interrogation, when he said that he got caught because he got greedy, I feel when he says that he got greedy, he might have been referring to putting body parts down the toilet in order to clear out the freezer. Maybe to make room for another body. Maybe he'd been escalating. I said, yeah. like, like Rory's body, the torso was found. He kept the limbs and the head in the freezer for X amount of time. And then in December, for whatever reason, just start flushing him down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why Why was he just deciding to flush him down? And then his his reasoning was because he was getting greedy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. know. That's that's nasty. Yeah. So what was he? What, what does getting greedy mean? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The police came out and said... If you know of someone who's gone missing in downtown Oshawa, in the central core of Oshawa, or Oshawa in general, in an area that Adam Strong may have frequented, we would like to hear about it. I don't know if they have, but nothing has been announced of yet. And I got a feeling this won't be the last we hear of Adam Strong. I'm I'm sure he's being investigated for a whole host of other cases, missing and murdered. I mean, we kind of just glossed over it, but he did have a homemade pipe bomb in his basement apartment, which is like... I forgot about that. What the fuck was that about? Yeah, exactly. What was he going to do with that? (laughs) Nobody knows. It's like, we found it. We don't know what he was going to do with it. Uh, But there you go. That is the story of Adam Strong. I said, like, Rory's uh, family come from biker gang, so I just hope he's having a hard time in prison. Oh, exactly. He's definitely having a hard time in prison. Not where he wants it. Um, (laughs) Get his pipe shoved, huh? Yay. Yeah, talk about disturbing pipes. Uh, Yeah, so that's it. Pretty gruesome story for you today, folks. But you know what? Guess what? Next week, we'll have another one. Yo. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Means a lot to me and Big K over here. Dirty K, Big K. (laughs) The K Man. Uh, I don't know. It's like trying to go to fly here. Um, the K Man. Yeah. Hey. But uh, yeah, here, listen. Now, if you're looking for more, please check out the rest of the episodes. We're at episode 50 something now, if you can believe it. Yeah. Holy crap. Um, and yeah, here, uh, please check out the That Chapter YouTube channel, That Chapter, uh, for new videos about true crime cases and that kind of stuff every Tuesday and every Friday and new That Chapter podcasts with me and Keith every Monday. So we got your whole week planned out for you. We got you covered. All right, Keith, you want to sign off? We'll see you. Nice, very nice. You can't beat the good old see ya. All right, thanks so much, guys. You've been great. Bye. Yeah, it was cool seeing all the the, the movie stuff happening. That's cool. The, the movie magic. How the sausage is made. That's it. Behind the scenes. And speaking of sausage, all right. <laughs> Put that back in, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs>